Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and the Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Steve Mismore has been drumming since he was three and a half weeks old. That's weird. He's one of the funniest dudes ever. He's a pilot, he's a drummer, he's a loving husband. Interestingly enough, he's not a very good magician. Hey, big old special thanks to Paul Reed Smith Guitars, making the best guitars in the world. I've had one since 1987 and had at least one ever since. So thank you, Paul Reed Smith and Bev Fowler at prsguitars.com. Throughout this podcast, Steve's drinking a Moscow Mule made with Cathead Vodka, making our favorite Jackson, Mississippi vodka, catheaddistillery.com and Cathead Vodka on Instagram. Steve Mizamore has been drumming primarily for Dirks Bentley for over 20 years. He's seen it all, been everywhere, done everything, an unreal career. He's been through health scares with his awesome wife and lived to smile about almost everything. He's a joy to be around, so saddle up, little podsters. Here's Steve Mizamore. Here we go. Steve Mismore, the pilot of rhythm, I call you. I like that. Well, you know. How many years have you been playing drums? Uh, next question. <laughs> I, I didn't We're get, starting off really sorry, good. Man, I didn't get the list. Man, I'm, since I was 11. I'm 52. Man. So, what, 41 years? Yeah. You've been drumming since you were 13, is that right? Mm-hmm. About 11, I was 11, 11 when I started on snare drum. Okay. Moved so, to drum kit probably when I was 13. Mowing yards, saved up money. Right. And uh, dad matched it, matched the money, and we went to the drum keyboard guitar, sh- or the drum, it was called just the used drum shop at the time. Dang. In Houston. And found a, uh, found a Ludwig kit that was uh, just like Ringo Starr's. <laughs> Nobody ever went into that store and said, what do you guys have in here? It's what like, do you it's have? It's called the used something? drum shop. What do you have? Sure, what, uh, what got you into drums? A uh, friend of the family, yeah, played and taught <coughs> snare, snare drum. So they asked me, just kind of was like, "Hey, would you ever like to play an instrument?" And I was like, "Sure, drums." You know, I don't know. My my mom told me one time that at my aunt's wedding, I was like four <coughs> years old, and I jumped up on the bandstand. <laughs> Nice. During the band break and started bashing on the drums. Really? So that might have been, I don't remember that or anything, but that might have been, that, that was my first gig, actually, I think. <laughs> it, didn't pay, it didn't pay much, but. Uh, yeah. But hey, you know what? You were four. So you got yeah, your, like, was, your SAG card I was or four. whatever? Yeah. Your union card? No, I got my union card at that time. So you were born in Houston, is yeah. that right? Born and raised. Is there a, uh, is that a musical family? Not really. Not not immediately, at least. Uh, both families, my mom and dad. My ba- dad's from Finley, Ohio. Mom is from Toledo, Ohio. And my mother's side of the family is all the musicians and artists and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I have my grandfather was an actor. I have cousins that are that are into theater and all that. And mm-hmm. The rumor is, at least the story goes, they're all Hungarian, and all the the story goes that. They had a traveling theater group back over in Hungary. Really, that was in there on the road all the time and that kind of thing. So That's I don't cool. know. I kind of do believe in the in the. It's got to be in the blood a little bit or something. Yeah. Or I just don't. I, I can't do anything else. <laughs> well, and why would you want to? <laughs> well, that's true. That's what I always think. I can say that now. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, who are your and still are your biggest influences as drummers? Um. Well, currently, I mean, I'd say when I was growing up, I mean, I listened to a lot of the radio. Just yeah, I wasn't really an album kid so much. It was more radio stuff. It was anything the radio. I'd stay up late at night. <clears throat> I'd have my cassette tape, and I'd listen to the radio. And I was supposed to be in bed, right? And then I'd, you know, I'd wait for my favorite song and I'd record <laughs> it, and I'd make my own mixtape to practice to. Then the next day, oh yeah. So it was like all of them, really. You know, the usual suspects when I was growing up, as far as like. You know, Phil Collins. Yeah. Uh, you know, Neil Peart, of course. You know, yeah. Rush and all that, all the rock guys. Alex, Alex Van, Van Halen. Halen. Yeah. Um, huge influence. Hard um, to go wrong with those guys. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then, yeah. of course, you know, Picaro, too, and the yacht rock stuff and oh, everything man, yeah. like that. I was really into that, too, in college, particularly. 
Yeah. And all. <laughs> and also, there was a guy, um, Herman Matthews. I don't know who that it was is. from LA. He is in LA and he played uh, with Tom Jones for a long time, played oh, with Tower okay. Powers from Houston. Oh, wow. I just saw Tower Power. And I used to, yeah, I used to, he was, might have been, well, Dave Garibaldi was back with him or not? Yep. Okay. He's back. But since he got hit by a train. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, dude, you couldn't see that coming for real? <laughs> well, I, yeah. <laughs> I guess. It sounds like a whole different story, story on it to its own. Um, but I used to sneak in in clubs in Houston to go watch Herman play. A oh, place cool. called Cody's and a place called The Roof. And, uh, and he was an amazing, and he always said, man, it's, it's better to be felt than heard in his playing That's and stuff. That's a great quote. Yeah, and he's a fantastic drummer. He played with, uh, I want to say he played with George Duke also, and... Um, wow. <clears throat> uh, I hope I'm not wrong about that. No, yeah, I'm thinking George Duke, and he played with a uh, uh, sax player who lives here now, who is from Houston. I can't think of his name right now. But he was in that whole scene, that whole... Houston had a really great... Very cool scene uh, back in the mid-80s for that kind of stuff. Were you influenced by any of the other Texas drummers, ZZ Top, King's X, Pantera, any of those kind of guys? Or was that just not more really. of a, I was I mean, not Pantera, but like more, more of a shuffle kind of stuff? Or that anything? was kind of, well, Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff yeah. and all that. <clears throat> uh, you don't realize how, how important that kind of stuff is until, you're, until you come up here. Really? Like, I didn't, you know, when you're there, you're around it a lot. Yeah. Like that Zydeco music, a lot of that kind of Texas blues, that kind of thing. And it's just, you think it's there, you think it's everywhere. You right. Know? And then you come here and, oh, you're from Texas, do Texas Shuffle. And yeah. they do it and they're like, wow. And you're like, what? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so you got a degree in performance? Yeah, percussion performance, yeah. From where? Stephen F. Austin State University. It's in East Texas. Small so was that like... Drumming, or was it interpretive dance, or juggling? It was or? mostly interpretive dance and nice. and uh, slow speak, and and what? <laughs> I have oh, no I like idea. That. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm used to talking in bits, so it's going to be a lot of that. Um, uh, it's a percussion performance for mallet studies. Okay, uh, that kind of very very legit stuff. No drum set study per se. Right. I had some teachers, you know, that I learned like a lot of jazz type stuff with. But it was all outside of school and, and gigs, you know. <laughs> Do you use four mallets a lot with Dirks? I try not to. Yeah. yeah. I Although. I, you don't admit. If you can do that, you don't tell him you can. <laughs> Certainly not. You might, you might get some interesting looks, though. I don't don't it, yeah, I might get I a you're fired look. <laughs> so you played with all sorts of folks. Uh, Pat Green, Wade Bowen. Cross Canadian wag, ragweed. I mean, yeah, we toured a lot with those guys back in in Texas a lot. Is that fun? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that during the van and trailer days? We didn't have a van and trailer day. Really? No, I'm blessed beyond belief that. No kidding. We did maybe one gig. The first gig we did um, in Athens, Georgia, at the. Uh, what was the name of the theater? The Georgia Theater that burned oh, down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we did maybe one gig like that. And then I don't remember. We didn't. We had a we had a bus. And we were, we were all going like, Whew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not on the butts and nuts tour, mm-hmm. are we? This mm-hmm. is good. Dude, I, I think, uh, uh, as you know better than me, that, that bus makes your life 100% easier. Yeah. Just having a place to put your crap. Yeah. Uh, we have a bus. Dirk's. We have a bus called Goldie, and Dirk's bought her in. It's a two thousand one, I think. Yeah, it's not a slide out or anything like that. It's right. not fancy. And uh, Leanne Womack. It was Leanne Womack's bus. Cool. And he bought it not from her. I think. I think. I think maybe she used her. So he bought it from Hemphill. I think. Okay. And uh, and it's been our bus, and it's got bumper stickers all over it. My bunk has. A wagon wheel in it and all these old country posters. And it looks like a Logan's Roadhouse. If I had a microwave oven, I could open a Logan's Roadhouse. It's, it's got crap in it, tons of crap in it. And it's just, it's our bus, you know. Yeah. And so we've, we've made it. Well, it's Dirks's. But, you know, all of us on there. Yeah. We have condo bunks on one side. We have lockers on the other. And it's just a dude's bus. It's just, it's, you can store all your crap on there Dude. and stuff. And we still love just riding that bus. It yeah. still rides good. It drives good. So yeah, we're like, it. yeah, we just... Have you had the same bunk for all those years? No, I've switched around, but yeah. I've, it's been the same one. Uh, Which bunk is yours? Top right. So you're way First on the in top? The front, in the front, yeah. It doesn't bug you? No, no. 
I like being on the bottom. I just, I just, there's not as much side to side. Yeah. But yeah, there's not, it's not, you don't really notice it on these, on the, on these, uh, the, what are they called? The, the two H2s? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's an yeah. H2. The so Prevo? Yeah. Well, plus you're athletic and lithe. You can get up there. It's easy. Well, and I'm not going to lie. We don't ride the bus that often anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a so dressing really room kind of. It is thing. kind of yeah. a kind of a little bit of a hang. I, it gets it gets more blessed than that. I mean, Dirk says a our bus is a, is a Citation CJ4, so it's, yeah, that's, that's a way better bus. <laughs> it's a little faster. Yeah, it's a little quicker. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to leave at one thirty in the morning or any of that kind no, of stuff. No, we you leave just... at like three in the afternoon yeah. just in time for catering. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get we do a VIP thing and then do we do a hot country nights and then the gig and then and then we come home. So you're coming home every night? Almost. Most unless you're like, half of the time. Unless I mean, you're doing he, a West Coast run or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Or if he's gonna go, you know, sometimes he'll bring friends out, or if he'll yeah. go uh, if he's gonna go back with the kids or go to uh, you know, Colorado or Wyoming or you know some getaway spot. Then yeah. you know, so I'd say about a little better than half the more than half the time though we get to fly there and back. So that ain't bad. No, it's not bad. That I'm ain't not gonna bad. lie. <laughs> well, so what brought you to Nashville? It was 1993. Is Three right? is when I moved here. Okay. But, well, country was like it was. It was. Uh, it was it was really getting hot right around then the yeah. late eighties early nineties. Yeah, that and was the, Clint, Alan Jackson, Garth, all those cats. Uh, yeah, Shenandoah, yeah. Restless Heart, oh, Steve yeah. Warner, all that stuff turned me on. When I was in college, uh, I'd started a couple of bands and all that, but we had met some guys. You ever ride with D. Vincent Williams? Yeah, absolutely. So David Williams, we were all we were all in a running buddies together in Nacogdoches. Okay. We called ourselves the Good Guys, <laughs> just which you are. Wish it would, I'm just saying. which was usually it was tequila influenced. <laughs> right. And and we had and he had a band too and stuff and we were all friends and we were all so we were all hanging out and uh, Andy Ginn was a drummer in his band who played with Perfect Stranger you remember okay him? yeah absolutely so if great drummer and all that so we would learn uh, you know Eagles tunes and all that and play Restless Hearts tunes and all that kind of stuff so it kind of I wasn't like you know I was still listening to a lot of everything pop jazz rock you know and some country and some of the newer stuff it's like the Shannon especially like Restless Heart it's like they're using really expensive chords yeah. And, it's like such a good band. You know, yeah. They're so good. And so it was hot. And then, so when I moved to Houston. Did you say really expensive chords? Very expensive chords. Adult chords. <laughs> <laughs> you're not talking and, about and, chord chords. You're talking about musical chords. Musical chords, yeah. yes. I just uh, well, not necessarily. Well, You know, they got that kind of money. They can get the Yeah, well, they the were nice managed by the same guys that managed Toto, so they probably had really... Curly Q chords. Yes, curly cool, chords. Curly Q chords yep. are really cool, and they yep. come out in different colors and stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so... Um, country music? Is that what we're talking? Uh, <laughs> so when I moved to Houston, and it wasn't too much longer after I was in Houston, I started playing with Kevin Black, Clint Black's brother. He has two brothers oh, that sing. So that, I worked with Clint for five years. I, I, he's great. Pretty sure I met Kevin. I'm sure he was. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We had a ton of fun. Probably too much. Clint was an interesting couple of guys. Was he really? You know, I've never. I've yeah. met him like once or some once or twice, and he was always. Uh, I met him years ago with Kevin, and then actually at Seven Peaks, he he played uh, at Dirks's first uh, uh, festival up in Colorado oh, this okay. past year, and he played up there and met just for a second. And just, but, but every time I've handful of times I've met him he's always been nothing but just super super Dude, nice he's great he's he's real shy and you know it is what it is he was yeah it's like people never understand that being an artist does you can't just be on all the time right yeah and Clint was not good at being on all the time yeah. you know so but he yeah. was always great to me yeah called me Trab Trab which is Bart spelled backwards he thought he was super clever for doing that <laughs> Trab <laughs> yeah. hmm. well so, little Clint trivia I'm Not every saying. song's a hit. <laughs> what do you Almost mean by that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is brought to you by Cathead Vodka, yes, by yes. the way. <laughs> the vodka that Cat most head. hits are written, written around. So you have a little Moscow Mule there. Is it good? Is it delish? It is perfect. This is quite one of the better. If for people out there that don't know, Moscow Mule is vodka, Cathead Vodka, ginger beer. Mm-hmm. And lime. And it's yes. a really refreshing drink. Fresh lime. Properly done in a copper 
mug that yep. has been chilled. Yep. And I have to say that is exactly what you've done here. Well. And that is rare, my friend. I have not had a proper Moscow mule very rarely, especially you go to a restaurant or something. They just put it in a glass. If you didn't, fine, but. Well, if you didn't live an hour away, we could do this more often. <sighs> We're moving. Okay. Out here? I think the house next to us is for sale. So We're in. By the way, you, you do have a beautiful place and a, and a, this is a fantastic area to be in out oh, here. Thanks, man. Leapers Fork. I, and thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, are um, you kidding me? This is fantastic. I saw that the thank company that this. I'm a part of now on this is quite stellar. So hopefully I won't bring it down a notch. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> It's a long podcast. No, you know, I mean, the whole, if you looked at who I've talked to, so I just, yeah. I'm just talking to my friends because I'm horrible at this. So I have to be <laughs> at ease so I don't sound like a complete ding dong when I'm doing this. So it's like, I'll just call my friends. <laughs> well, but told, this is my first podcast. So <laughs> well, we're, we're awesome. together. This yeah. is my first podcast. Yeah, so. No, I just, I just try to, I, I really appreciate you being here. I just Absolutely. try to Thanks. make it as easy as we can. And, Absolutely. Talk about Moscow mules and oh, drumming. It's perfect. And, well, that's fantastic. So how did you meet uh, uh, Dirks? Well, I was playing down t- er, playing uh, in town, okay. pretty much kind of downtown on Broadway a little bit, doing wedding jobs and that kind of stuff. And yeah. Doing more old school kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I even read uh, like Buck and Ray Price, Freddie Hart. Oh, yeah. I, was, man, yeah. I freaking love that stuff. Yeah, I was doing everything for a while there. Uh, Playing down at a place called Barber's down in Printer's Alley for a bunch oh, yeah. of years. We were doing just all just country stuff and uh, shuffles and stuff. And playing at Roberts and then at yep. Legends. I'd play with a guy named Mike Seiler who did nothing but shuffles all night. Roger Bob, who plays with Alan Jackson, is playing bass. And uh, oh, so great. Uh, on steel guitar, was, he played on – oh, no, I'm going to forget his name. I can't believe it. John played on Ben Skill's stuff. Oh, Everybody out there is screaming his name. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know how I'm talking about. I know and you're he talking passed about. away a few years ago. Yeah, and he was an unbelievable steel guitar player. Oh, fantastic. Man, his nuts. wife would come out to every gig. Oh man, it was amazing. And he would. So we yeah, just play shuffles all night and stuff like that. So I was kind of really into that. Yeah, I was also working at Sony Tree in the tape room. You were? Yeah, I was. I was doing evening stuff. This all will lead up to something. Let me know if I'm getting off on a weird tangent. Hang on. Uh, I worked at Sony Tree in the evenings from five to nine, and what I was doing was tape room arc. I was doing the archives. Okay, transferring so all their stuff. yeah, transferring stuff, all their quarter inch, yeah. two track to dat, cataloging it, and all that. All these old old country stuff. So that was kind of my whole world was just doing that. And then at nine in the evening, I go down to Barber's play from like nine to three in the morning, <laughs> or and then come back and do catalog. And then when that project was over, they were like, "Hey man, you want to stick around?" And just do catalog orders for Dale Dodson <laughs> and uh, Sony Tree people will get sure. that joke. And yeah. uh, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So I mean, it was it was, and, and a lot of the times I'd end up in the studio downstairs, like messing around with, you know, Paul Hart was a buddy of mine, I was an engineer at the time down there and stuff, and we'd be tracking stuff or messing around, and so that was my in town kind of thing. So yeah. I saw on the caller ID one day Dirk's name on there, and it's. Dirks with an E, you know, and I thought right. it was kind of a, it's an unusual name. And I happened to be at the phone one day when he called and I answered it. And he's like, dude, I need a drummer. You know, I have this little gig downtown. I was like, man, I don't do a lot of the current stuff. I don't know a lot of the current country. No, no. And he goes, I do shovels, uh, 50s and 60s shovels and bluegrass. And I was like, ah, I'm there. I uh, mean, this is awesome. Yeah. And he has great players. Yeah, down there. And it's Market Street, and it's still down there. And you can look in the window and, and see the stage that we still play yeah. on. I think it's there. <laughs> and and he always had fantastic players. And he's just great. He's so good. His passion is in bluegrass and all that. Yeah, and it was just so much fun. We hit it off right away. He's a great guy, of course. And uh, do you really and that's kind of how we started playing. Do you really mean that? I do. Actually, I really, really did. No, he's one of those cats that you've never heard a bad thing about. It's in, true. In the guy years, you see him, and I see him do the TV interviews, yeah. and he's really good on TV, but he is truly the same guy. Yeah. You know, he's a bro. He's a dude. When, you, when you're around him, he's the kind of guy that makes you feel uh, that he's glad you're there. Yeah. And, and means it. And actually, mean, and, is, and is really means it. And, and he's just, he blends in so well with everybody, it makes you feel so comfortable around him and yeah. everything. And I see that. I mean, I've known him so long now, we're brothers, but... I see him with other people like that, and it's 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 real. It's absolutely real, yeah. and it's it's um, it's amazing to see every time people him make people feel so good. 
Yeah. You know, when they meet him and all that, he's amazing at it. It really is. That's hard to do, man. That is re- it's extraordinarily hard to do. And it's impossible to fake. Cannot fake it. You, you either can, you have fake it, it for a, or a, not. Half a second, but yeah. We'd sit there and play uh, <clears throat> fair dates and stuff in the early days. We may only play for like an hour, and he would stay there till every single autograph. Yeah. Hour and a half, two hours, every single autograph was signed. And his diligence to that is so good. Dude, bring radio people. Bring them all back here. We're getting dressed and all this and stuff. And bring them back here and make some, you know, he knows their families. He knows their names. He knows their experiences and stuff. That's how you keep fans for 20 years. Yeah. You know, I mean, the only other guy I've ever heard that about was Randy Owen. When I was out with Alabama for five years at RCA, he would come out of Starwood or wherever back in the day, back where the bus barns were Mm -hmm. back there. And he'd throw his legs out of the limousine, and he'd sit there and sign autographs by himself for two, three hours. Yeah. Sometimes we wouldn't leave the venue till three in the morning. Yeah. But they made a lot of fans. Yeah. You guys made a lot of fans. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you started playing with Dirks, and you never had a van. So, Mm-mm. how did you get between clubs on Second Avenue and hitting the road in a bus? I mean, was that a record deal thing, or what, or what happened? Well, that that uh, well, I was working at Sony Tree, right? So I was doing that gig, and it was great because that was the times when Donna Hilly was there. Oh yeah, um, Woody Bomar was head head of the creative department. Yep. Terry Wakefield, Dale Dotson, yeah, <clears throat> and they had a very much of an open policy as far as like you could, if you had a song you found in their catalog you thought was going to be good for somebody, take it to the plugger, let them know. That's you know? cool. They were very open about that. Uh, um, so I was doing that gig. That's where I got my, if some guys had called me, actually Dirk still calls me Tony the Night Guy. I got my nickname Tony the Night Guy there. <laughs> still calls me Tony, <laughs> which is, I, I love it. I still go by Tony occasionally. Is, some guys, what does Tony I'll come answer from? to Tony. I don't know. It was like, I think it was Darren McLeod, as a matter of fact. I'm calling him out on this. Tony he was, he was there and he's like, he's like, oh, there's Tony the Night Guy. <laughs> I mean, everybody had a really great sense of humor up there. It was really, really most most of them did. There was a few curmudgeons I won't name, yeah. but <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know who they everybody are. Everybody had a yeah. everybody had a a really good sense of humor, particularly in the tape room. Those guys were just <laughs> hilarious. All those guys, and um, so yeah, I was known as Tony the Night Guy. Coming at five o'clock, I'd do my thing till till nine or whatever. That's and, awesome. So um, when I met Dirks, he had just finished his own CD on his own, and a guy named Mike Ward produced it, and he had. I don't know that I know Mike. He had guys like Ray Flack playing on it, and he had. Oh, man. He spent his own money on it. And uh, 10 songs, a bunch of stuff he had written or co written with a few people. And um, I was at the house one day, and now my wife, but my girlfriend at the time, Carrie Ann, was listening to it. And I was like, Who's that? And she goes, That's that Dirks you're playing with. I was like, Wow, he's really good. I mean, I could tell, I know he's good, but I was like, To hear him recorded and, you know, sure. sort of sounds like. And the songs were really strong. I mean, I was like, I don't know if what's a hit in there, but you can tell certainly that's it's really good. Yeah, and it's cool. And it's got its own thing. It's a vibe. It's country. It's bluegrass ish. And um, uh, so I was like, I was like, I think I might be able to help him out. So I told him, I was like, I'll t- if I I said I'll take it into Sony Tree and see what can happen. He's like, Yeah, go ahead. So I took it into Woody Bomar, and uh, who's the head of creative at the mm-hmm. time and all that, and. I said, man, I said, this is this guy. I told him the story. I've been playing with him and all that, and he's really good. And, uh, you know, check it out. So he listened to it, and he's like, hey, he's okay. I don't, you know, I don't, he's like, I don't think we really have room really for that. And kind of slid the CD back, and I was like, Woody, I got it. Slide it back to him. I, got to, <laughs> I said, I got to convince you otherwise. I said, this guy is really good. He says, well, I tell you what, if you can get him a production deal, we'll sign him as a writer. So I was like, all right. So I went down the down the hall. Alex Torres was the oh, yeah. was 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 Don Cook's assistant. Yeah. John Mullins and Alex were his Don's assistant. Love and Alex. uh played for Alex. Alex goes, I think I've heard of this guy before. And he goes, Man, I love it. I love it. So me and Dirks were playing down there one day, and Alex came out to see us play and held up his cell phone for Don to hear. So Don's like listening on a cell phone. <laughs> right? Don loves it. Don's like, let's have a meeting. So he comes in and Let's have this meeting. Is absolutely we're going to sign you as an artist. We're going to do a tree production deal with you and stuff like that. Well, then Dirks talks to me later on. He's like, "Well, I don't, I don't know if I want to do a, you know, production deal necessarily. I'm not sure I feel comfortable doing that. I was thinking maybe just writer. So one thing led to another, and all this and that. 
and they still signed him as a writer. The production deal didn't happen. All those details will be in the book later. But right. <laughs> that you're writing. I can save a little bit here. That you're writing while on the citation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> the cover sheet. I don't have a cover sheet. The stories only have a cover sheet, but I haven't written it yet. Right. Um, no. But anyways, because so one thing led to another, and the, and the writing deal, the, the the writing deal happened. Production deal didn't happen, and then they hooked him up with Arthur Buenahora. And me and Arthur actually started at Sony Tree at the same time. It was really? really funny. Yeah. So he was a song plugger. So he worked his way up, hustled his way up into you know song plugger there. So he was his point guy. Arthur hooked him up with Brett Beavers. Okay. And who Love was Brett. they had kind of a co-pub thing with Alex and all that at the time. And so Dirks was writing with Brett, and then they decided that Brett should produce the record. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of it went on from there. And then we yeah. did we did uh, we were, I remember we were playing down at Wolfie's. Remember Wolfie's? Yeah. And it was, and we, and it's right, if people don't know, it's part of, it's part of Rippy's now. Yeah. But it's the, I guess, would you say more Eastern on up the street? Northern. Northern part of Rippy's. Like it's yeah. that long, weird addition on yes. to it, you know, that's on the, uh, away from the street. But anyways, so we were playing in there and our gig was from like eight to midnight on a Wednesday. And we'd play at eight o'clock to maybe nine o'clock and the place would be dead empty from then until midnight so we would take turns up on the microphone telling jokes or something or something like that but i just i just remembered that i can't believe i just remembered that but uh do you remember your favorite joke yeah but i can't say (laughs) there's a couple of them i no, i can't repeat it this is a family friendly you say whatever uh, you want you show yeah uh no okay i won't uh it'll be in the book (laughs) uh so and Dirks was like, oh, I got to play this song, you know, uh, that I wrote today. And it was What Was I Thinking? Oh, uh, wow. And it was like, you know, for me and the, a couple of the guys in the band and all that, and he played it for me. And it was like, man, that's a hit. Yeah. That's a hit. So we did a showcase, and both Capital and MCA offered him a deal. MCA said, we, got, we were working with Josh Turner, but as soon as we finished with that work with you, Capital goes, well, we're ready now. Yeah. So they signed a deal, and, you know, and away we went then after that. So, So how many gigs do you think you've played? With Dirks. Oh, gosh. I mean, just spitball. 2,000? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That That's would be. We did, our, we did our first couple of years, I think we did like 220 dates in a year for the gosh. first couple of years or something like that. One time we did, it was figured that we did 300 days on the road, actually. Ugh. 300 days. And then we did like our longest stretch was like 41 shows in 45 days. <laughs> yeah, the most I was ever gone was two thirty-two. Yeah, and that's just that's just a lot, you know. But you get into a routine, sure. You know, yeah. you kind of get into a into a role and stuff. So it was kind of we didn't. I don't know. We were just having so much fun. That's all. I just remember yeah. it just being really a lot of fun, though. Dude, you're a little you're a little gang out there yeah. in your armored metal tube, mm-hmm. and it's. You and me against the world. On Goldie, yeah. You know, uh, on Goldie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember, uh, oh, here comes our photographer. All, All right. right. Took some nice pictures. And one picture that I was told not to use that face by my wife. So I don't know if it's my everyday face or the face I was, I don't know. I, I would just bury it deep. Just bury that, bury that deep. We, bury can, that we can bring deep, this up in deep, therapy deep, later, deep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. bury it deep. Portion of the program is brought to you by Cathead Vodka. <laughs> Cathead Vodka helps you bury it yes. deep, bury it deep. So, does uh, do you guys play on the records? I played on a couple of the earlier things. I yeah. played on Free and Easy and Feel That Far. Oh, cool. Uh, and I think a couple others, album cut stuff or something. Sweet and Wild was another another single, and um, but not not in a while, not, not in a while, not since then. Does that bum you out? No. Really? No. Is it because that pressure has got to be kind of a different world, huh? Mm, no, it's it's. Um, I'm just a I'm a fan of drumming. Yeah, I love to listen to other players that are great, yeah. and so I get to listen to Matt Chamberlain's playing on stuff. Oh yeah, or Aaron Sterling, or Fred Altringham, or whoever's, or Steve Brewster who did the heavy Fred. lifting on on Steve. the majority of the stuff. Okay. Um. So no, I it was. You know, and also it's like whatever, you know, from a producer standpoint, 
uh, let's say like uh, Brett Beavers, for instance. I mean, he's been working with his guys, with okay, Booster yeah. and all that, for so yeah. long. Here's his chance to make a mark. Here's his chance to 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 pay off to these guys. Sure. So he's going to do that, and Dirks recognizes that too. Yeah. And I think it's great. And also, you know, to knock out they, you know, especially now with Ross Copperman's producing, um, you know, if they want to knock out a record in two days, you know, plus I mean, Ross, I'm. Sure that you know, if I had a chance to, to produce a record, and I've been close. I was going to use Aaron Sterling. <laughs> I, mean, I was really? like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they spent way more their 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 experience experiences that they've had. Yeah. As far as being in the studio and all that, or you're using that depth as a producer. Sure. You're using their depth of knowledge and that you know and their experiences that they've had for twenty years. I mean, so. I, I just mean, learned from writing and doing demos, like, I'm a pretty decent guitar player, but if I was playing on my demos, I wouldn't hear what the drummer was doing. I wouldn't pay attention to the, what the keyboard player was doing. And instead, if I'm in the control room, right. I get a giant overview, and it's, you know, next, let's yeah. go, you know, I mean. Yeah. And I've heard just a few things, like, on the being on the outside of that, and you, you, at least for me, it was... Um, yeah, you got to be able to get the whole picture in and playing yeah. on it. You're focused too much on the playing on that and stuff. Yeah. And, and there are guys that can do that. I, I could never. No, I couldn't figure that out. Do both no. things at once. I am the best in my price range, though. And if there's somebody better, I'll lower my price. Exactly, but free is like <laughs> I'm not sure what's lower than free. <laughs> no, but I don't. I, you know, I, I love I love us being able to you know, and we're under no. Maybe, maybe, maybe too, because like playing live and all that has its its own rewards too. Oh man! Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're playing in arenas that are sold out or amphitheaters Dude. and stuff like that, we played headline Madison Square Garden for the first time this year. What's your favorite venue? It might be the Hollywood Bowl, actually. Really? If it's not the Hollywood Bowl, it's definitely Red Rocks. Oh man, I love that place. Red Rocks is amazing. We've yeah. been there several times. We even gotten two different plaques, like made out of Red Rock with your name on it, for like oh, announcing so how many cool. times you've. Played there, and it sounds amazing. It's a legendary place. Madison Square Garden, man, that was great too, though. Yeah. Because of the history all behind oh, it. Oh, man. And there's a lot of places like that over the years we've played. Um, the Troubadour. Or oh, the, yeah. the Ryman. I mean, yeah. you know. That's a cool um, venue. Or the Opry. I mean, you know, Bridgestone. It's, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, Red Rocks, man, from the stage, there's no view like that Mm-mm. anywhere. It's Mm-mm. crazy. No, we went but, flying one day, too, and I... I I hooked up with a guy from Cirrus, so we took a G6 up and I f- flew around and took pictures of like Red Rocks, like from the air and stuff. And so we took a G6. And it up. was like Dir- Dirks is hooked up with Cirrus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't uh, take a 172 up. We uh, we took a G6. Took the Cirrus is yeah. G6. Yeah, that's nice. A little, yeah, a little nicer. <laughs> so you're a pilot. I do have a private license. Yeah. How much uh, flying have you done? Uh, not much lately. I'm not current right now. I was at 100 hours. Okay. And and then that was three years ago. That was pretty much when the whole writing deal at Zavitson kind of came to an end. And then I stopped. Oh, and yeah. Carrie Ann started her process of kidney transplant. Mm. That had to take some time, and, huh? And that, well, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. It took, uh, a lot of mental time. A lot of mental time. Yeah. And all, Man. uh, yeah, that started like in November was the process, and and just to go ahead and just let's jump into that that part of it. My wife has something called polycystic kidney disease, and it's mm. a genetic disease where cysts grow on the kidneys until the function of the kidney drops down below twenty percent. You're gonna you'll go on dialysis. Wow. Uh, in most cases, the, uh, people don't experience symptoms until they're in their forties. So over a twenty year period, when they're in sixties, seventies, ends up being what becomes mm. fatal for them because they're in their 70s already anyways. Uh, for her, she started having symptoms of it, discovered it when she was 15. Wow. So it started as a progression and all. So it was something we knew it was going to be an eventuality, <clears throat> that she was going to need a kidney transplant. And But we had to let the the function of her had to get down below 20% before they could put the, assemble the team together. And this is all Vanderbilt, which is an amazing hospital for That's this awesome. kind of thing. They're nephrologists and uh are incredible so she went through the through the whole process and and had what they their, their process was a as a was a double nephrectomy so they took both kidneys out both kidneys were you know both kidneys about the size of your fist okay and both of them were about the size of a football oh my gosh something like that you know you can't physically tell so but it crushed it's 
pushes all the other organs. All the out. other organs. So it's inside oh, a rib cage, not. And uh, but yeah, so they do it, in, and then they put her on dialysis for six weeks, let that heal, and then her brother Kelly was the donor. But in that time, which you know, a little scary That's bump in cool. the road was that uh, they wanted her to go on dialysis first to get her body used to the dialysis process. And in case anybody out there doesn't know what dialysis, dialysis is a machine that uh, functions as your kidneys. Yeah. So it will filter out filter in the blood, and act yeah. exactly what a kidney does. So she went in for the dialysis, and there was a problem going on. It was taking her platelets also. So they discovered that her platelet count was down to 10. So you're supposed to be up in the hundreds. Mm. And they told her, okay, stay in bed. <clears throat> don't move. Don't get up without assistance, anything. So we don't want you to bleed out. If you get below 10, you'll start to bleed out. And oh, there's my not, gosh. I mean, they can, they, there's emergency procedures and all that. Right. But s- still gets scary. And, like, we didn't want to add somebody else's antibodies and platelets. Sure. Because that will ruin the function or the transplant later on will become a lot more difficult. The success. So they're like, okay, we'll figure this out. We'll get it figured out. They found out one other case. Um, it was a woman in Canada, I think. I think that was that was it. was actually something that I had Googled and, and searched, but I think they, it, well, I'm not trying to take the, the credit, like, hey, I found it. Uh, Google search, I found it, but I kind of did. Hey, Vanderbilt. But I kind of did. Let me clue no, you into this. No. But they discovered what was going on. <clears throat> they discovered that they needed a different type of filter. And they obtain that filter, and now that filter is her filter there. Oh, my if, gosh. In the event someday that she has to go back and do dialysis right. again, she will use that special filter. So you know more about kidneys than you ever thought Probably you were thought gonna. than I ever would, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes, we yeah. both do, for sure. Oh but, man, I'd say those doctors, they just make you feel so like, man, they're smart. Dude, it's, it's intimidating yeah. to talk to any doctor. And the surgeons, too, are, yeah. that, are that level. It's that same kind of level of... Um, of, of sharpness that you see like in, in a fighter pilot, if you ever get to meet any Blue yeah. Angels guys or anything like that, yeah. it's that same thing. Or like a professional pilot, like not not not, not me, but like <laughs> like like Austin, like Austin Stevens, who's our our pilot out there with right. flies for Dirks and Texter and all. He's like these guys are super sharp, and so yeah. and so is the doctors over or there. Or bass too. players, or a bass player. Yeah, yeah, I think those guys, are spoons guys, spoons, s- spoons, right, right, spoons, Incredible. yeah. Very definitely very not sharp. drummers, not drummers. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but, but oh so she gosh. went through the uh, and then <clears throat> Kelly came down. He tested. <clears throat> Carrie Ann had done a video. This is a cool story. Carrie Ann had done a video uh, in the event that um, Kelly wouldn't have worked out for mm-hmm. some reason. Uh, so he produced to help produce, put a video together. She put they put a video together. You know, I'm Carrie Ann. You know, I have this kind of a life and all that, and I'm looking for a donor because I want to continue to live and all, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Great video, tearjerker, all of it. Of course. 4,000 views. Wow. 40 people uh, turned in their name for an application to be a donor for the pack. We, they, they send you cow. this little pack, and then they'll do a test on you to see if you're compatible and all that. 40 people. And out of the 40, uh, they were able to to – Donate kidneys to three other people, so she saved three other people's lives. Man, in the process. Of so that. how do you so, do that? I mean, what's the the pack? Is that a Vanderbilt thing? Yeah, it's all a Vanderbilt thing. It's Man. all through the to the nephrology over there. And yeah, they do amazing things over there. They really do. That's pretty awesome that forty complete strangers said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we've had we've we've made several friends." I was like, going to say, who, I bet have, who just some of came out out of the woodwork, uh, and and offered Ryan Smith from Shore came out and was like yeah like sure mics yeah for sure mics was like yeah I'd, i'll i'll send me the pack i'll see if i'm you know blood types compatible and all that. and yeah strangers would come out of the woodwork and just go i've read your story yeah all this and that and uh yeah so it's really That's it's awesome. humbling it's truly truly humbling huh. needless to say that my wife is my hero if that was going to be yeah. a question <laughs> at all she's absolutely incredible and she's think- a florist you know and she's doing uh she's doing great she does have to be on uh, medications and stuff, you know, steroids, anti-rejection yeah. drugs, and those kinds of things. So she takes like five pills in the morning, five in the evening, and all. That. But man, she's got more energy than I got. She's just absolutely. And we do the hike now every year out at uh, in April uh, at Fiery Gizzard Trail out in Tracy City. The uh, um, I don't know where that is? Yeah, it's a it's a Fiery Gizzard Trail. I guess you just kind of Google it. It's it's a twenty three mile hike, but you can do just the loop, which ends up being thirteen miles. 
Can you do um, that over 23 days? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it would be a lot easier, dude. It would be a lot easier. I've done it. No, I haven't done the full 23 miles, but like the 10-mile the one is, is, is enough to do it. But it's for a Donate Life organization, oh, wow. which puts, puts uh, is a donate or a, a promotes people to, to like make sure you fill out your, your driver's license mm-hmm. you know, for donating Organ and stuff motors, like that. Yeah. It gives you information if you want to get into that and get interested in it. So, um, so yeah, so they kind of help out with that too. And when she does the hike every year. And she's always like 20 yards ahead of me yeah. <laughs> every time. I'm like, honey, can we stop her? I swear, she's always like... <laughs> hey, you're looking good from back here. Every once, in a while, every once in a while, I don't know where she is, and there's a fork in the trail, and I'm like, honey, 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 honey. Dear, dear, dear. Left, right. And then she goes, take her right, take her right. <laughs> okay. And then, and then she knows where I'm at. Uh, so, good times. But, so, okay, there's that story. Yes. So I did not, I did not, I stopped flying. So in, in aviation, you have to be private pilot. You have to have three, what they call takeoff and landings, full stop landings and three months to be current. And, uh, but I'm thinking about getting current again. My dad just, he's 80, he just stopped flying. I think he's got 13,000 hours. Mm. And my brother just bought a Cardinal RG 182. He's gotten current again and everything. But yeah, everybody in our family except me. What type of plane was your dad flying? It was just... Was uh, it professional? No. Commercial? Just for, he hates airlines, not mm-hmm. because they're bad, but because he wants to leave and get to where he wants to go at any given time and right, doesn't yeah. like other people's schedules. Mm-hmm. The last thing he had was, I know he had a 340, and he's had King Airs and Mitsubishi MU2s and, and all sorts of stuff. He never got like type rated for a jet, but uh, he owns a jet now yeah. that, and has a pilot, and, <clears throat> and it's all charter stuff and everything. But. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of Dirks had Dirks had gotten his private in college. He bought an airplane, right? He did. Yeah, he did. He bought a Cirrus. Was his first plane he bought? That's right. Remember you telling so me. So he got that. his instrument then a few years ago after uh, his first child was born, and then uh, maybe or maybe after Jordan's second. Uh, anyway, so uh, his his main idea is he wants to get back to his kids, of yeah. course, you know, and Absolutely. spend as much time as you can at home. Shoot, yeah. So he. he Seriously, as long as you guys have been yeah, doing this, it's like, it was, here's what's important. Yes, yeah. and he his radar is very strong on that. He understands yeah. that. So uh, so he bought a Cirrus. He had the, yeah. the ability to do that and uh, got you know type rated for that plane. <clears throat> you got It's not <clears> – <throat> it's single-engine land, but you got to get for insurance and all that. Yeah. You got to take their course and all that. So he bought that. And that was fun because I would fly sometimes right seat with him. We'd spend the night. And then we fly. One time we flew from, we were in the south, so we went to Mother's uh, for breakfast in New Orleans yeah. and then flew on to Florida yeah. or wherever we were going and stuff like that. So, And then sometimes he would fly after the gigs uh, and take home the guys who have kids. Yeah. So those of us that didn't stay, cool. we'd ride the bus. They'd fly you know, home in the Cirrus and all that. Yeah. But then he was able to get uh, type rated in um, an M2, oh, okay. a Citation M2. And then Dang. so Cessna was working with him. Is that a single pilot? Yep. The MT- okay. It's still a single pilot. Six passengers? Yeah. And uh, and then he moved up to a CJ4, which is 10 or 11, depending if somebody's riding on the toilet. <laughs> and, and, so to speak. Yeah, so to speak. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yes. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, but yeah, but we have Austin Stevens with us, who's also a young, fantastic pilot. And so he's, he'll, Dirks will do left seat. During the day to the gig, and then at home that night, then Austin will do left seat. And sometimes I'll do right seat up there, and Austin will let me do radio. He's he's an excellent because he was a demo pilot. Okay. So for for Textron for Cessna. Oh wow! So you know he lets me do radio. If I mess up a little bit, it's not a bit. You know he can cover it up because yeah. he's like, well, we're on a demo right now for this plane <laughs> as well. You know, <laughs> so but he does. He lets me do like course amendments and 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 most of the radio and stuff. So I started going, man. You know, Dirks also bought my ticket for oh, that man. at like my 15 years or whatever. He got, when he got into the plane, he's like, he called me. He's like, man, do you want your pilots? Because we were aviation nerds. Right. And he knew that I, that I had such a, I was an AOPA, even like non-voting member forever. And I read plane and pilot or, or uh, you know, those magazines yeah. and all that stuff. 
He's like, you want your pilot's license? I goes, yeah. And he goes, I'll get your ticket if you want to, if you want to get it. Dude, I was like, yeah. Awesome. So I got that. And then, uh, but man, there's so many opportunities to fly and I'm meeting people. I'm like, I got to get current. It's three years now. Carrie Ann's doing great. Things are solid. And, and, you know, not to be cliche-ish on a song living that he's got out right now, <laughs> but I mean, it's true. It's like, man, it's like, I've got so many friends that fly and so many opportunities yeah. to fly. I love flying. I want to go do it. Just, I just want to stay VFO. I don't need to get my instrument or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, just, I need to get back. I would like to get my, get my tail dragger endorsement would be great. Oh, dude. That would an be old good. Piper Cab or something? Something like that. And dude. we've talked about maybe possibly, you know, someday like, you know, going in on something, some old tail yeah. or some sort or Piper, you know. Dude, you can get an old cab for like 20 grand. Yeah, you can. I remember my dad had one that had the Lexan top, yeah. plexiglass, yeah. and we would fly inverted and over rivers. Oh, my God. So we were looking at the top, just going over these rivers back and forth and back, and he was just following the river. Upside down. Yeah, upside down. And he would just... And or this is so stupid. There's such hillbillies in Nebraska, but we'd take rolls of toilet paper up, yeah. and we'd launch them at five thousand feet, and they'd unroll all the way down, and then he'd go back through and just cut the toilet paper up with the wings yeah. and stuff. My apologies to anybody out in Ashland City who actually saw that happen a few years ago. I won't. I won't name my instructor that was with me, but we were like, "Let's do this." And so we grabbed yeah toilet paper. Oh yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I yeah. came close. I came close to getting it. Yeah, but it's like it's really. But I want to do that again sometime. You got to make sure the way you throw, you got to throw it like a football too. Yeah. So you got to pop the, and you can't do it really out the window. You got to open the door. Yeah. To really do it and to get the spin on it to so it'll unfurl. You know. Yeah, you got to hold on. To you, the, yeah, man. <laughs> otherwise, it's not, just a lump dive and drive paper. at it. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh my god. Yeah. I know somebody after we were like, boy, somebody's gonna be pissed. Oh, dude. I'm there. <laughs> Well, in Nebraska, you'd, we would leave, and there would be, you know, six hundred feet of toilet paper laying in some farmer's mm-hmm. field. It's like, oh man, let's get out of here. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, it'll disintegrate. It'll be fine. Oh yeah, we'll it's, it's biodegradable. <laughs> That's what Al Gore told us. Anyway, hopefully. So getting back, he invented the internet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting back to music and such. Uh, do you guys use loops and stuff? Sometimes, because your music is, I think, very organic. And I, I yeah, some of the songs and some of the more current stuff and all that, we'll just use kind of whatever you know. They give us the the stems of right. what was you know, and so if there's a loop in there or something like that, Dan, who's our Dan Hochalter is our band leader, and I have to do this. It's Dan Hochalter, but a lot of times it's it's Dan Ho. Hoch. Dan. Anyway, that's a bit. That's a. I don't even bit. get that's that. A, that's it's funny. A, yeah, it's he'll he'll if he's watching, he'll listening to this. He'll go, oh yeah. Um, that's Tony sorry. The, that's a really inside joke. No, it's Anyways, Tony, Tony the night guy. So, Tony the night guy. Dan. <laughs> anyway, uh, it goes on. There's a belt I bought in New York once too. Anyways, that's another. That's a sorry. That's totally inside joke. Um, anyway, he's band leader. Does a great job. What was the question? Oh, tracks. So he does all the tracks. He gets a hold of the stems and all that, and then he'll give me the drum parts and go, "Okay, let me know what what you want to, you know, what you want to do on right. it." Right. And so stuff, you so I'll make a decision and all that, and edit that, oh, that's and then cool. send it back to him. And then so sometimes we'll, you know, but we're not; it's not super track heavy. Yeah. No. I mean, we just don't. You know, it's 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 guitars and the stuff you can't recreate, and the cool yeah. stuff that you do like, you know, and all that. What's and in your mix on in your ears on stage? Everything. Really? Mix, yeah. Yeah, we have a. I, I, our our monitor engineer is sick. Really, I also want to say his name in case anybody wants. I don't want him to get stolen away. Nobody's no, listening Scott to this. Tatter, and he he used to work with Corn for seven years. Oh wow! And he's so, been he freelance. He's worked with everybody from Kanye West to Paul McCartney and all this and that. And he just wanted a gig that he could just kind of just call a steady gig and yeah. In his words, sail off into the sunset, you know, kind of thing. And he's incredible. I mean, his mixes at least for me i mean my mixes are unbelievable no excuses for having a bad night right. it's on me <laughs> well i'm sure it, it's a lot like corn for him mixing you guys <laughs> yeah yeah you know except it's not all 110 db <laughs> except for that yeah well yeah <laughs> except for that part so you guys go to europe and stuff don't you we've been only a few times a couple we went, times yeah and <clears throat> he brought all the wives over one time the first time we went over, that was really cool. We That's did the cool. UK. 
Uh, and then the wives went home. We did bomb hold to Germany and, but we did Dublin and, uh, Belfast and, uh, gosh, where else? Harrington, England. What were crowds like? I mean, were they receptive? They know the music and everything? Kind of. Uh, we played a place in, in Dublin. We played a couple of times, a place called Whelan's, which is more, it's a small kind of a club. Okay. So they knew kind of some of the stuff, but they liked the country the stuff, yeah. the real actual country stuff. We had an opening act was Jace Everett. Oh, yeah. He wrote the tune for him. True Blood, yeah. like the theme song. They him. loved him. Yeah. You know, and they loved like American music. They loved Dirks too, but yeah. they loved like when Dirks, I think a couple of times we did some like standards. And they really dug that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, they really love, they love that that kind of music and stuff. So we did. We've done that too. We've done the O2 a couple times. Okay. Um, big nice. festivals. So I mean, that was kind of we did it with the Dixie Chicks and uh, toured there. Uh, uh, and then we toured Australia with Brooks and Dunn. And that's not Europe. Oh yeah. But uh, well, it's it's like it's Europe. like Europe. <laughs> it's just it's, I just thought I saw it. Math, math, and maps. Yeah, no. You know, a lot of water, a lot cr- of water, criminals, weird accents. No, when I was working with uh, the Dixie Chicks, they always said that the biggest things that they could do over there was play like Roy Rogers and Dale Evans yeah. songs. Like, yeah, people just love that stuff. Yeah. They said they'd play festivals, and granted, this was a long time ago, but people were in shaps and yeah. vests and giant hats and everything, and it was like it's not. You know, it's not Omaha, Nebraska. No. It's country. No, they're not. They were, at least at the time when we went there, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of country radio stations. Yeah. Like, I don't really uh-huh. know what the situation's like, but there's not. So, they don't, and so they're going to be exposed to the older stuff and all yeah. that, and that's what they really appreciate. It was really fun, actually. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Had a blast both times over there. Uh, everybody's just so nice, you know, especially even in, uh, in Dublin, Dublin particularly and all that and australia's like amazing because it's like it's like to me it was like another part of the united states you just hadn't seen yet yeah it's very modern and all that but again they just they love what you're doing they love to having you there and, and all that and we it's, it's like a whole nother country or something. it's like almost like a whole nother country yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is so but weird. i tell you the weirdest the weirdest thing we ever did is we played japan we did the festival with Charlie. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget what his last yeah, name is. I'm going to mess it up, so I don't want to yeah. say. But and they were so sweet. Him and he's got a bar that looks exactly, pretty much like Tootsie's. Really. And the only difference is that the bathrooms are actually spotlessly clean. <laughs> but I mean, it is exactly <laughs> like it. And they have the guys at the bar with the trucker hats. And they got the down vests. With right. the, I mean, the same vibe. <laughs> I could be in bar. The only thing is that. Facially, they're Asian. That's right. it. Other than it's, they have the band up there that is doing a four four shuffles, crazy arms at reach, and they're doing all this stuff, and they're they're doing the same arrangements that we would do down on Broadway or wow. something like that. Just the kind of the jam arrangements, you know, the obvious yeah. kind of arrangements, pass the solos around, kind of stuff, you know, tag it and out the same way. And then we got up and sat in. It was crazy. It was, and then we did the festival. When we did the festival, it was like we could have been in the United States. They wore the whole, all the, the outfits, wow. the, everything. They had vendors there selling CDs and shirts and uh, cowboy hats and boots and all of the, the whole thing. It was, it was like it, people are the same everywhere you yeah. go. <laughs> you know? yeah. But they had a great time. They loved it and all. Yeah, I'd love to go back. I'd love to go back to Japan again too, like Tokyo yeah. or something like that. I would too. My wife didn't want to go, so it's kind of a kind of a long ways to go by yourself. It is. It's eight hours or uh, mm, ten hours, something like that. Not like Murfreesboro or something, you know. <laughs> I want some Italian food. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> so what's your favorite part about being on the road? You know what, right now, uh, it just first of all, it just keeps getting better. It's just so much fun. I think hot us opening up the show with Hot Country Nights, yeah, <laughs> right now has been has been so much fun because it's so fun to see everybody's reaction of everything from laughing to confusion to anger. <laughs> what are they mad <laughs> to about? To severe disappointment to offended. <laughs> <laughs> The range of emotions that we see from people is quite <laughs> is quite good. That's funny. Um, you just have to see it. You have to come out of the road and see us because it's 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 you know. Or if we do anything in town, it 
since I guess most of the people are going to be listening to this, are going to be in town here, you know, come out to Whiskey Row if we do one there. Yeah. Ask, actually, oh, I don't know if I can say it or not. I, I, never mind. There, we might be playing in town. During CMA At fans? a place. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it rhymes with Hiskey Ham. <laughs> Maybe in June. Maybe. Well, I don't know when this will be on, so. I don't know. Ju- uh, June the 2nd. Well, we may have to stay Maybe, in Maybe or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that. You know what else? What I, what I, another thing I really like being on the road now, <clears throat> too, is like the past 10 years of seeing a lot of the new young players coming up yeah. are so good. Yeah. All the drummers, particularly. They're just, all of them are so freaking good. And it's not, you know, when I first moved to town, it was like there's a couple of guys you'd want to go see. Yeah. Maybe. But outside of that, like on the road, it was just so, you know, it was Brian's. Yeah, that guy's kind of good. Not now it's like they're sick. They're yeah. all really great players. So it's inspiring. It kind of keeps me wanting to, yeah. you know, keep, keep you on I, your toes a little bit. Keep working at it. I keep yeah. working at it all the time. You know, but, you know, Instagram is a big precipitator to that too. I love watching Instagram, watching new players on there. And, yeah. And they're doing stuff I'd never be able to do, but it's still it's entertaining and fun to watch. Did uh, Steve Lukather from oh, yeah. Toto said somewhere there's a seven year old yeah that's going to whip all of our butts because all he does is sit in his room and play. Several of them, and you know, I mean, I've told this to my wife. I was so frustrated that I mean, we literally used to put nickels, dimes, and quarters on the stylus of our mm-hmm. turntable to slow things down mm-hmm. so I could figure out Stevie Ray Vaughan licks, and now you can just go on YouTube. And every song's on there in 60 different varieties. Yeah. Doesn't mean I can still figure it out. Yeah. But it's right there. You can, yeah. you can, or an just, app on your uh, app, a slowdown or, oh, the amazing slowdown. Yeah. This stuff is so stupid. Yeah. It's really, it's really amazing. Yeah. The tools that are out there and available. I could have been good if I would have been born 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You know, I've thought about that too. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't think so. I'd still be this. Yeah. I'd be where I'm at. Yeah. I'd be, you know, I'm, I'm, they say you you belong where you're at, and I really yeah. I belong where I'm at oh, and stuff, and I'm I'm happy, I'm very happy. Well, what's the worst part about being on the road? I think I know what you're going to say. It's um, well, of course you guys get to come home a lot. Sometimes now. the sometimes I have a hard time sleeping on the plane when there's some turbulence. On my home. <laughs> it gets a little bumpy, or sometimes we run out of coffee, or if it's not, it's it's when you pull it before the coffee and it's tepid. <laughs> And it's not hot. It's, God, it really just—it's <laughs> those kinds of things, you know. When you that dang seat belt, and then the the buckle clanks together, and it makes a noise. And this you're is like, the only caviar we have. It's you, so frustrating. Oh, it's you've so got to be kidding me. I don't know, dude. It's hard to complain and say there's a downside <laughs> to any of it. Yeah, you know. I mean, we're pretty blessed. There's bumps man. in the roads along the way, like any yep. gig or just life in general, right? But now I'm I'm 52. So it's like, and I think the older you, and especially after uh, experiencing kind of like with what Carrie Ann's gone through and stuff, after oh, you man. kind of start really realizing it's like, you know, the whole, it's another cliche thing, but it is true. It's like living in the moment and learn to appreciate those Absolutely. kinds of things and all that. It's yeah. like, there really is, I, I would honest to God have to struggle to find a downside about my life. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yes, I found a downside. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it, and you're um, right in the middle of it, guys, right now. Guys that skim the popcorn ceiling and mess up the drywall—that oh, yeah. that blow that that yeah—or just don't show up. Who would do that? Construction. I won't name who it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. By the way, this Moscow Mule and Cathead vodka is it good, dude? I'm serious. It's like. I've never worked it you as a royalty. I've never worked it as a bartender or nothing, man. I'm just I looked up a recipe yesterday on the internet. Yeah, but to have the copper cup, there's a proper that's the proper copper cup. Yeah. Well cold. I frozen. think that's the first time that's ever been used. I bet they've been in our freezer for a year. Mm. You need to come mm-hmm. over more often. I'd love to. So do you want to do our lightning round? Sure. What this is, is I'm gonna ask you questions. And mm-hmm. I want you to answer as fast as you can. Oh, God. Don't think about it. Okay. What's your favorite book? Don't Blink. What is that? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a book. You stupid. Favorite book. What are you book. Favorite book. 
There's a lot of them in front of me. You know, I bet you some people know what it is. It's uh, Don't blink. I'll, oh, I'll I'll I have to look it up. All right. Uh, What's your favorite food or drink? Oh, my gosh. Moscow Mule. Nice. My current favorite food. And I really kind of, I'd say Indian right now. Sweet. Yeah. What's your favorite quote? Uh, better to be felt than heard. From Herman Matthews. Nice. I, uh, that, yeah. Absolutely. What was the first concert you saw, and how old were you? The Cars. What? Yeah, and I was probably 13 or 12, something like that. That's pretty awesome. And the Summit in Houston, which really? is now Joel Olstein's place. Yep. Dude, that's pretty awesome. As a player, a rider, or a pilot, what's your favorite? Oh, player. Player? Yeah, yeah. What's the favorite song you've ever written? What did we write? Was that one that we wrote? <laughs> I don't know. We did a demo at your house, though. I know that. We did. That, that one would be my favorite. That one. Favorite song I wrote. I wrote one with Jeffrey East. Oh, yeah. Uh, All I Need Is You and okay. Gil Grand, actually. Really? Yeah. That, that was a neat Gil. song. Those guys are both stupid talented. He's a good country singer, man. And Jeff, I mean, he's doing well now, and he's just, it's so, it's, yeah. ha- it's fun to watch him progress. Yeah. But yeah, that is a, called, a, I, think, I think that would probably be my favorite one. Yeah. What uh, song do you wish you would have written? Anything. National Anthem, Amazing Grace, whatever. Funny How Time Slips Away, maybe? That's a good one. That's a good one. Do you uh, remember that I've made it moment? Hmm. Um. Maybe the first time we got in the M two station. Jeez, I don't know. I don't know because there's always like Is that when you learned a bitch about the tepid coffee, right? The very tepid coffee, and we're out of search. We're <laughs> out of. Uh, there's no fresca. What is this going on? Is there any grape knee high? There's no. no grape. Oh, yeah, gotta be kidding me. Oh, those guys into Lacroix. The Lacroix. We're out of Lacroix now. Right. Um, uh, what was the question? Oh, the uh, the mated moment. You know, maybe trying, maybe maybe playing Bridgestone the first time, kind yeah. of thing, because it was such a, and it wasn't like me as much as it is more. You know, just proud of Dirks to like. Yeah. It's like from. Well, it's two maybe moments. Yeah, you know, playing bridge show for the first time. We used to play down at Market Street and down at Wolfie's yeah. and stuff. And he played at, uh, you know, some other places, the Station Inn and all that. And it's like it's a real tangible thing. And I've yeah. been on this journey also. And now we're playing Broadway again, but the biggest honky-tonk, you know, on the no block. Doubt. Or, <clears throat> you know, also it is kind of funny because I still have my 1997 Nissan pickup truck. I call it Nissan. Me and my wife, I call it Nissan. Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> and I used that truck that to drive you know down to Market Street Park and load my drums, yeah. and I still drive that truck to John C. Toon Airport to climb yeah. on the, you know. So if I could be so uh, humble, brag a little bit for that, that that's kind of a neat little. Every time you know we do that, I just go, man, this is every time. It's just like yeah. it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Well, so those are the kind of things like when you started playing the snare drum when you were eleven. Yeah. That this was not on the horizon, you know, and so to yeah. get to that place that's totally unscripted is pretty amazing. Yeah, first time you get to hang a freaking gold record on the wall, it's like that blows your mind. Yeah, I've never seen one of these before. Look at that. I never thought I would get one necessarily. Yeah, and I got exactly. I got the platinum one, and Dirks was not a gold record guy. He gave out one. The first one was a platinum yeah. one. And and then after that, I just don't think he just doesn't really. Yeah. I don't think he has any. He's got a couple of awards that he's gotten, like a Horizon Award, and you know a few like that. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not that kind of. He does. Yeah. You know, we do. I'd have him all of the. <laughs> I'm eating dinner off of it. Like me, <laughs> honey. Can you get the platinum or no? To get to get the gold, the gold record out tonight. No, not that. Put platinum. the salad. No, no. Use the that other for the salad, please. Right. And just don't get the, all the aioli all over the sides. <laughs> so what's next? And do you ever worry about what's next? Oh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. You know, you do kind of like, it just keeps, it keeps growing. It keeps, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, it's going to end someday. One but you guys other. are at the place. You could, I mean, he you have enough He can work as long as he wants to. Absolutely. As long as he wants to. And do another, hopefully he'll keep wanting yeah. to. Yeah. You know, but you really long, could do another 20 years without 
yeah. even trying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I certainly hope, you know, God willing, the health is there and everything, and, uh, you know, and the creek don't rise or whatever, <laughs> whatever that saying is. I was really going to... I was gonna to try to impress you with something there. If the, he- if the health so well. stays something in the creek, something don't, on the creek don't, don't rise up, the creek falls down. Or, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, it just I mean, we keep having fun, and it's still yeah. it is kind of like a pinch me moment every day. It's like it's this is still cruising along. They're still coming to the shows. They still love it. Still have a great time. Dirks is still like you know uh, he he's a little more tired than he was. Well, we are just a little more at the end of the shows than yeah. than it used to be. But he still loves doing it, man. It's like, you know, you, I don't, I don't think that, you know, and this is, this, I think if he was even to be at the house for a long period of time, he'd start wanting to get on the oh, road sure. again. You know, yeah. I mean, it gets in your blood and it's really, yeah. it's kind of hard to shake it. Yeah. And it's really ideal too, because since my wife works on the weekends so much, I was telling you, she's doing like four weddings this weekend yeah. and stuff like that. Gosh. And, um, you know, she would probably appreciate me getting out of your hair, getting out of her hair. Me, uh, oh, honey, dude. what are you doing now? What are you doing now? You want to go eat? You want? To, I don't have time. What are you? What are you doing now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Amy so. used to have that question. She would go, uh, uh, "So when are you leaving again? <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, well, we can make it to Wednesday. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a problem. The struggle's real. Well, you know, I mean, seriously, we've been together almost sixteen years. You guys have been together 15. 15. It's like it's nice to have someone to miss. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in a absolutely. in a really constructive yeah. way, you know, yeah. and everybody's mm-hmm. trusting everybody and mm-hmm. it's all good. And it's like, well, that's kind of nice. Yeah. I feel bad for people that don't miss their wives or for wives that don't miss their husbands. That must be anybody awful. that I've known that's been in that situation, that situation does end. Yeah. You know, and it's and it comes to an end eventually. Yeah. It's ended for me twice. So anyway. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for has that this it? Is awesome. Dude. I got Okay, everything else will be in the book. We're waiting for the book. What's it called? Uh, the book. Wait a minute. It's be a, is it going to be called The Pilot of Rhythm? The Pilot of Rhythm, yes. It'll or be The Rhythm Pilot. The Rhythm Pilot. Uh, you can have We'll work that. out the details. Merry Christmas. We'll work out on the details and all that, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you sincerely for so much. I'm very honored to be here in, 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 in quite great company. Guys like Bob DePiro and Leslie Satcher. And, oh, man. I have the best friends in the world, including yeah. you, of course. Well, thank you, so, my friend. We're back let, at you. Let's go get you another Moscow. Oh, let's do it. See you.